Hey, and welcome back to the Shit You Don't Learn in School podcast. This is Calvin Rosser. You can find me at Calvin underscore Rosser on Twitter. And this is Steph Smith. You can find me at Steph Smith IO on Twitter. Today, we're going to talk about the common adult situation of comparing yourself to others and how that manifests and how you can stop that from impeding the quality of your life. So I just wanted to kick it off. You hear all of these phrases from all over. Comparison is the thief of joy. When you uh, compare, you despair. Don't compare yourself to others. Don't keep up with the Joneses. There's all these things. And admittedly, these things make sense, but they're actually quite hard to do. On a daily basis, you may compare yourself. You know, These days, markets, different types of markets are ripping up and down. So you may compare yourself as an investor. Uh, you may see someone in a happy relationship and be like, you know, why am I not in one? And when you compare yourself to others, this really impacts your happiness. And actually, there's really good research that shows your actual happiness is not a function of your material conditions. It's actually a function of, or at least related to, the people that you compare yourself to and how you're doing comparatively to them across different domains. And this is why you can get wealthy, get healthy, all these things, but you just keep changing the goalposts of the people that you're comparing yourself to. And so you actually end up relatively unhappy despite having potentially asked yourself five years ago, would I be happy in this situation? You'd say yes, but then when you get there, you're not there. So I just want to kick it back to you, Steph. Like how has you know comparing yourself to others played out in your life? Maybe you can go into a specific example. Like, do you have any thoughts on this? Yeah, I hadn't heard some of those things, but I I think they're great. (laughs) But I I guess even before I jump into my own experience, something that I find interesting is I do wonder where this like emotion of jealousy comes from. And there's probably a very like concrete, reasonable reason for having that emotion. It's just jealousy. It's it's comparing yourself to other competitiveness where even if you think about like back to when you were a caveman or when someone (laughs) was, they probably did need to... They probably did need to compete to a larger degree where basically if someone else was getting the food for the day, maybe they weren't. And so that emotion probably comes from a lot long, a longer time ago than the era that we live in and where that may not actually serve us anymore. Um, Because today I do think you can be successful in your own right. And that doesn't hinder other people's ability to be successful. And now we compare things that are a lot less tangible, like, you know, an audience or we compare a very big business to an even bigger business, right? Which isn't as much necessary as it maybe would have been in the past. But in terms of my own relationship, I'm an independent creator and I find myself comparing myself to other people all the time and getting jealous. If I see someone who grew much quicker than me, I do have a little bit of envy there. And I think it's, again, a really natural emotion and state to be in. And I think anyone that says that they've never felt that before is lying. But what I try to do is, and I I struggle with this all the time, but what I try to do is just remember that the emotion of jealousy or envy or competitiveness really does come from your own desire to be great or achieve great things. And it's really more of a a reflection of what I think is your ambition and the delta between like where you want to be and where you actually are, right? And then the reason that other people succeeding highlights that delta is because you see someone like getting to your future goal and and you're not quite there yet. And you may feel like they didn't work as hard or that they're less capable or or something, but it all it's really doing is just like shining a bright light on what you haven't yet achieved that you want to achieve. And I try to remember that again, I'm not great at it all the time, but I try to just remember like the emotion of envy is really just a reflection of me and where I want to get. 
Definitely. A couple of things came to mind there. I think when you get in the habit of comparing yourself to others, actually, first of all, I don't think you can eliminate comparing yourself to others. That's just like a natural thing that we do. You, you know, look at where you're at in the status hierarchy or, you know, the wealth hierarchy, whatever it may be, and all these things relate. But when you get into this mindset and you let it then translate into something negative, like I'm having a bad day because this person is succeeding, I think you fall into the trap of zero sum thinking, hey, they succeeded, so I can't. And that makes you less likely to succeed because you're going to be less giving, you're going to be less affable, all these things that actually contribute to your success. The other thing that you mentioned was like when you see other people succeed, you're like, oh, they got lucky. And this is this is a funny like psychological bias. It's called the self-serving bias. And so basically we see the world favorably uh, towards ourselves. So when when something good happens in our lives, we attribute it to our skills. And when something bad happens in our lives, we are more likely to attribute it to to luck or unfavorable circumstances. But it's actually flipped when it comes to other people. When we see other people succeed, we're like, oh, they got lucky. And then if if they fail, it's hey, they made bad decisions. And so this is just something to protect like our minds and it's a bias uh, to keep in mind. And in fact, there's this French poet who said something like, we must believe in luck for how else can we explain the success of those we don't like? Uh, exactly. Or there's is, also a saying that's like, never like underestimate someone. God, I'm, I'm not remembering it properly, but it's like, never explain away someone's success unless you've like worked as hard as they have. Definitely. One of the things that's interesting about all of that is... It, when when you look at other people's outcomes, there's a couple of fallacies that you can fall to besides the self-serving bias. I mean, one is you don't know what percentage of that outcome was luck or skill related. It's likely both. You're probably likely to underestimate the the luck part of that. And then the second thing here is you don't actually compare yourself to what it would be like to be that person. You see them successful in one domain. Hey, they have a bigger following than me, but maybe they have like a failing marriage or maybe they're disconnected from their family or maybe they're, you know, they're not doing as well as you in some other circumstance. But when you're comparing yourself, you almost always use this limited frame of what one person is doing. As you mentioned, that's like often a delta between where you are and where you want to be. And you don't actually put yourself in their shoes. And I, I think if you were able to do that, which is hard, you would find that, oh, you don't actually want to be that other person. I think that's really interesting because another aspect of where we tend to get our goals these days are through seeing what other people are doing online. And another important part of that is that you only see the best of someone's life online, right? So this whole idea of like not explaining away someone's success, we often do underestimate like the work that went into it behind the scenes because we don't see it, right? Someone just like publishes an article or a tweet or a business and you only encounter it at that state where it reaches you. You don't encounter the stuff before that. And then another aspect that I think is important here is that if you start to compare yourself to others too, too much, then what you end up doing is potentially even absorbing their goals, <laughs> not your own. So you start to like all of a sudden, like I want to be Twitter famous or I want to do something just because you see other people doing that. And then I think Shane Parrish uh, has said something along the lines of like, you you find yourself at the top of a mountain and then you wonder like how you got there and if you even <laughs> wanted to get there, right? And so I think that's another thing where of course, jealousy or envy or competitiveness is natural, but it's also worth keeping yourself in check to, like you said, make sure that the goals that you're striving towards are actually the goals that you want and not just goals that you see other people pursuing. Because like you said, you don't know the rest of their life and what reaching that goal entails. And all of a sudden, I think some people can find themselves in a state where they're like doing a lot of things that they actually don't like doing to reach some arbitrary goal that they saw other people pursuing. Yeah. 
I think a good example is is pursuing fame. So a lot of people, whether they want to admit it or not, want to be famous in some way, shape, or form. But then you talk to famous people, and they can be famous for a variety of reasons, and they have to have extra security. They get uh, death threats. There's like all of these big disadvantages to being famous, and you don't really think about that piece. You just think of of the glory. And so that's that's another one as well. Is it's hard to imagine a future that's you know, very different from what you have now. And, and you may not actually want the thing that you're going for. One way in which I tactically have approached this in my own life is, so I set goals and I, I changed the way I set goals. And I think we should talk about that in a, a different episode here. But I check in on a weekly basis and I say, well, how am I doing against these goals? And one of the things I try to pay attention to is if I'm hitting or exceeding my goals and I'm still not feeling that good, I then will just readjust what I'm doing because it's likely that I've just set the wrong benchmarks for myself. I don't think goals in, in and of themselves are good ways to like find fulfillment, but they're good ways to keep it going along the right direction. And if you regularly check in yourself with yourself like on a weekly basis, I think you can, you know, prevent yourself from climbing that wrong mountain. And that in my mind is really important when you're young because if you climb the wrong mountain for 10 years, it's much harder to climb back down and start over. And you may not even be able to in certain ways. If you have children or you have like a really high cost of, of living or something, you may, you may find yourself more stuck than if you had just assessed along the way. Yeah. One question I have for you is I totally agree that it's important to check in with your goals. How do you stay in check as it relates to the hedonic treadmill? Or like, how do you, how do you just at some point become satisfied with what you already have? Or maybe you don't, but one of the things that I really struggle with is like, once I hit my goals, then maybe I'm happy for a short period of time, but then I'm not <laughs> a week later or maybe months later. But the point is that I can never really find just like satisfaction with the current state of being. So do you, do you find that as well? And is there something that you do to balance that? Or is that something that you also struggle with? I'm definitely perpetually uh, dissatisfied, which I think, <laughs> you know, is a good thing and a bad thing. And it's a bad thing in that maybe you don't smell the roses and appreciate what you've achieved, but it's a good thing in that you keep learning and growing and, and striving for more. And I think it's all about finding the right balance there. I know one big shift for me was the first, say, 22, 23 years of my life were about, hey, how do you go from being a really low income kid to getting financially stable? And I was able to achieve that to some relative degree by the time I was in my mid 20s. And that was actually a big driver for me and how I oriented my efforts and all kinds of things. And it forced me to work hard. But once I had some baseline financial stability, I actually had to reprogram how I thought because more money wasn't necessarily the answer. It's not that I didn't need more money or that I could retire or something like I had some big exit. But it was it was that the thing that was driving me, I had to kind of change that. And I started thinking, like, okay, well, it's good to make money, but you have to make money in ways that feel uh, meaningful or that move you in the direction that you want to go or that allow you to maintain quality relationships. There's just this big balancing equation in the puzzle of life. And so I had to reprogram my brain around that stuff. And the second piece of that was that for the first 25 years of my life, the main input that I put in was hard work. And it's not that I don't work hard anymore, but now I much more regularly step back and say, what am I working on? And what are the most important pieces of that? Because, you know, as your energy starts to wane or you can't put in those same, same hours or whatever it may be, I think just finding the right problems to solve and then being honest if, if those proved not to be the right problems with yourself, then you can just shift from there. But that's kind of where I'm at now. 
Yeah, I think there's an element in life where there are just certain lessons that you need to learn <laughs> over time. And no matter how much people tell you, like, you know, money doesn't matter that much in the end, or your relationships matter, or you really shouldn't pursue fame, there is an element of like, at the end of the day, you have to <laughs> pursue some of those and learn your own lessons and sometimes learn those lessons multiple times in your life. I think what is really important about this concept of like comparing yourself to others is checking in and trying at least to see whether the goals that you're pursuing are are good for you and not just copying and pasting other people's goals. Definitely. And and the other trap that we fall into is like when I went to uh, school, I went to Princeton and now I have all of these just friends who are wildly successful in different ways. And at the end of the day, like that is the peer group that I compare myself to. But then if I look at my objective conditions or theirs relative to kind of the average person in the US or just globally, like these people are doing extremely well. I'm doing extremely well. And so that comparative set is also an important thing too, in terms of maintaining your perspective and gratitude and, and things like totally. this. Totally. And just realizing that it's not so bad depending on how you frame the comparison. Yeah. I mean, I think to use the mountain analogy again, like you're climbing a mountain and as you climb the mountain, the people who are at that part of the mountain are going to get progressively better with you, right? <laughs> like you're going to consistently like change your peer group. And so no matter how great you have become, you'll then be comparing yourself to other people of that same nature. And so that's why like the hedonic treadmill is always at play. And I do think your point is really important that you need to just check back in and remind yourself that like, if you compare yourself to like, even just your previous self, like that's the best person, if you can <laughs> do this to compare yourself to just be like, look how far I've come and try as much as possible, even though it's natural to compare yourself to others. The other mindset shift that really helped me is, and I actually don't think these days I, I am comparing myself to others too much, at least in unhealthy ways. I'm not looking at people and being like, oh, I want to be famous like that or something like this. Like I still fall into some traps, but probably the most helpful thing was I just genuinely believe that like life is a competition against yourself and you have to sleep with yourself at night and your own decisions and all of these things. And once you see it that way, you became you become the sole player within the game. And of course you, you know, relate to other people and, and they're doing different things and you still compare yourself. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about your decisions and, and what you're doing. And it doesn't really matter that much what other people are are doing. And I think that will definitely be true when I'm on my deathbed and being like, Yeah. Oh, I probably probably didn't matter that this guy made all this money on Dogecoin. <laughs> well, what's funny is so one thing that really gave me perspective, and this is going to sound a little douchey, but I, I have a very small following, but like there are a few people who now in some way, shape or form look up to me. And again, they, they don't necessarily want to be me, but up until I became a creator myself, I only looked up to other people, right? Like no one knew who I was. And so I had, I kind of idolized these people. And what was really like mind shifting was once someone started doing that towards me, I was like, what? Like, what? what is there to to idolize or to want to be? Of course, like I'm proud of my achievements, but that does really shift things once you, you know how some people say like never meet your heroes because we do tend to idolize certain things that other people have achieved. And without the like general perspective of always being around them and seeing how they're living their lives, as you said, like comparing every aspect of their life to every aspect of your life, you end up seeing that people are a lot more on the same plane as other people. And so that really was game changing. As soon as you have someone start to look up to you, you're like, 
interesting. <laughs> like, like what it's, it's just an interesting phenomena. And I think once you're on both sides of the coin, the same thing is true. Like if you've never hired someone before, I think you, you have a different perspective as to like going into an interview. So that really was a, like a mind shift for me. Do you find another, another thing that I don't know if you want to comment on, but I think this idea of when, when you're constantly in the trap of comparing yourself, you are more dissatisfied, but you're also in this game of the zero sum thinking that we mentioned earlier, which decreases the likelihood that you're successful. From what I can tell, the most successful people, at least in some way, shape or form, start giving back or start engaging with other successful people in different ways. And if you are just constantly extremely competitive, I think that you can channel that for hard work and things like this, but you may miss out on this even just joy of, of climbing the mountain with other people. And then sometimes I, there's research on this from Adam Grant that people who are givers are you know, more likely to succeed, at least at the top ends. What do you think about that? Oh, totally. And if people are listening, Adam Grant's Give and Take book is, speaks to this. And basically, it talks about three different types of people, giver, ta- givers, takers, and matchers. And he found throughout like many industries, uh, many different types of roles that the givers actually ended up at the top the absolute top of quote unquote success and that the bottom as well. And he found that givers that were able to basically prioritize their own needs while still like living in this positive some world were the ones who saw the most success. And I think when I think about like competition and jealousy, I think, as you mentioned, the initial reaction is quite negative and quite zero sum. Like, I can't believe this person is, has accomplished X, like, uh, I'm in like a competition with them. I'm almost head to head with them in my head at first. That's the mo- emotion. But then as you again unpack or I tried to unpack, well, really, actually, my goal is to be just like them. And there's no reason we both can't be. I think then you can shift into this more positive some world. And that's what I tried to do. And I do think that the most successful people are uh, people who believe in a positive some world. Just to give some credit to the positive side of the comparison. I think when you are really competitive, like the people who are at the top of any field, sport, discipline, whatever, are very competitive for the most part. And so they're probably comparing themselves to others. They want to be the absolute best. They want to master things. I think that's okay. But I guess I just want to give some credence to the fact that you can channel this comparison or jealousy or envy or whatever it is that you feel from this into just working harder to be better for yourself. And there are ways you can probably mitigate the negative impacts on your psychology. But at the end of the day, like it can be fuel for you to work harder. And so that may be just a, a positive way to kind of channel those emotions if you are experiencing them. Yeah. One final thing that I think we should touch on before we close this out is this idea that often we like set our goals based on things that aren't actually going to make our lives better. And I think the example from Annie Duke's Thinking in Bets. Uh, book is really good for this because you can see how people actually sometimes select options that more competitively look good, but aren't actually best for them. So can you actually just explain what this premise was from her book? I think the example was, would you rather have $70,000 in 1900 or $70,000 today? I'm not sure there has to be more to it than that. No, I think it was that. And I think the reason that... so. I've also posted this on Twitter and and she said in her book that a lot of people basically say, oh, of course, or at least their first reaction is, of course, $70,000 in 1900 because then I'm a king, basically, right? Because $70,000 is worth like many, many times more than what it is today. 
on a relative basis. But then her point was, and I saw this with the responses on my tweet as well, that what people are forgetting is that even if you're a king in the 1900s, you don't have access to like modern day medicine. You you don't have Netflix. You don't have just like all of the luxuries that exist today that the average person has. So even though relatively, if you are, if you have $70,000 in the 1900s, you are more successful or better off than anyone else around you, you're actually worse off than being a completely average Joe today. And I think there's an element of that that we should remember that sometimes the things that actually make us the happiest aren't things like money or wealth or status. It's being able to eat great food and be healthy and be around people that we love and having access to all of that. And I think that example just really spoke to me because I too at first was like, oh, of course, <laughs> like $70,000 in the 1900s. Yeah, I think I actually got the right answer on that one. So pat on the back for me. You did. I yeah. think you did. It's, yeah, I think what you're speaking to is just the quality of life today is is far better than it was in the past. And it continues to improve even for those at the bottom of the socioeconomic ladder. And tied to that, like, as we talked about before, if you are a caveman, like the com- competition actually potentially defines your ability to s- survive and maybe be happy because you're you're like fed. The most average person today and average even in the world not not just in america could li- live a pretty good life without pursuing fame without pers- like building a big business and in fact we met this guy in <laughs> asia one time and he had just lived a nomadic life like had basically zero dollars in his bank account didn't like using a phone and he was pretty happy and i just think there is an element of like just remember that where we are today and like the quality of living you can actually be happy and not compare yourself to others Versus if that guy, his name was Pete. So Pete, if you're listening, <laughs> we remember you. But if he started to compare himself to others, I think he actually would be a lot less happy, right? Potentially. Yeah, I think, I mean, there's still a lot of people like living in global poverty and stuff. And I, I think it's probably not perfect to say that like the comparison or competition doesn't still exist because it's it's not just that you're eating. It's like you're competing for mates. You're competing for like selective positions at jobs and universities and the world is competitive. So I don't want to discount that, but it's more that if you are feeling these things, it may not be life or death like it was in caveman days. And then the second thing is just like, think about how can I channel this in ways that aren't destructive and, and that don't stop me from moving towards where I want to go to the extent that you can do that. Yeah, totally agreed. I mean, of course there's competition and I think it, like you said, it's all about looking at how to use competition to fuel you positively. Because even though I mentioned this before, I definitely experienced jealousy. And sometimes that jealousy is positive if you if you like spin it the right way, where I realize, oh, I actually want to achieve this goal. And then I that's like a reminder of like, oh, I really care about this thing. It's just important to remember that you're chasing the things that you actually want in your life and not just what other people are chasing. Shall we wrap it there? Yeah, let's leave it there. Thanks for listening to our second episode. Cool. This is a part of our attempt to be better podcasters. We're doing 30 podcasts in 30 days and and trying to improve our skills. So if you have any feedback, definitely feel free to reach out and leave a review if you like it. Bye.